ladies and gentlemen. You are now tuned in to Mastering Mitzvahs. Mastering Mitzvahs. A podcast focused on creating the perfect bar and bat mitzvah celebration. Offering tips, tricks, and trends to ensure an amazing event. Mastering Mitzvahs. From New Jersey's own explosive entertainment. Explosive entertainment. I know you're going to dig this. And here they are, your hosts, Jordan Marshall, Dylan Weissman, and Mike Langser. Hey, first of the year. Not, not, not exactly the first year, but our first of the year podcast recording. Wait, wait, we really? Yeah. Did we not do one? It's been that long? Yeah, December 19th, actually a a month and a day ago was our last episode where we talked about does size matter. So that was actually a fun episode. Oh, no. So it's it's been a month. You know, we we kind of made a quest originally. This was going to be weekly. Then it became bi-weekly. We're going to get back to the hopefully the bi-weekly. It's been a good couple of weeks, though. And... um, if you want to just jump right into it, Dylan, I, I was away this weekend. You did yeah, a take it, and take I, it, I take him a vacation, man. I feel yeah, it. you know, I, I, I gotta get my little skiing in when I can. And uh I messaged you, I said, How was the party? Uh, Saturday night at like midnight, I text you, How was the party? You wrote a 10 out of 10. So uh let's talk about it. What makes a party a 10 out of 10? So episode 115, mastering mitzvahs, what makes a party a 10 out of 10? Um yeah, I mean, it, actually, if you look back at your texts, what you you asked, how was the party? And I just said, it's a ten, and that's it, and th- and that's it, right? Um, and that was on purpose because there was just so many things that made this party great. So let's start first with the guest of honor. She, this bat mitzvah girl, knew what she wanted, knew how she wanted to be spotlit, and knew what made her uncomfortable. So it was extremely clear to us as a team what she wanted and how she wanted to be brought into this, you know, into frame. Um, for that reason, she was the best version of herself for the party. And that was captivating. It was electrifying. It allowed us as a team to do what we do best. And then it showed to everyone around. It was contagious. Um So the bat mitzvah girl was comfortable in her own shoes. Um, And let me, let me pause for a second. Was she out there and lively or was she more timid? I would say she was probably in the middle of the road. She was definitely outgoing at times, but there were also times where she wanted to kind of just chill for a second and that's okay. Um, But you know, if we're going to run the spectrum, she was probably more outgoing than not but she still had her moments where she wanted to kind of just be left to chill. And that's cool too. Okay, uh, let, let's also preface how many, how many guests did you have? Uh, how many kids, how many adults? I want to say we had about 80 kids and I want to say we had about a hundred adults. Okay. It was a good size party. Mm-hmm. It was a good size party. So I think that it actually, like, now that I'm thinking about it, the bat mitzvah girl's mentality and just the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of pressure on her, she felt comfortable in her own shoes. They got there early so they could take their photos and didn't feel rushed. Um, All of that was just proper planning by the parents. The parents were just extremely down to earth, and I think that just set the tone for us and our team to 
do what we do best, which is throw great parties. And I think that that translated well to the energy that was in the room. I think that um, there was a lot of trust. You know, I, I handled the coordination. There was a lot of trust with the family. They, they trusted us. They trusted their venue. Uh, they trusted the process, uh, the, the process that we preach about all the time. And they, you know, from day one said, you know, Mike, I trust you. Just do what you guys do. And uh, that's huge. So, so just the family got it. Um, they got it. They weren't trying to outdo, uh, you know, the Joneses with crazy amount of enhancements. They weren't going, you know, crazy with their lighting and staging. They were, they were pretty modest when it comes to the package design. Um, so it kind of just framed it out to just be, you're, we're going to have a party and you're going to be here for it. Um, and I love that. So they, they parked for the right reasons. They spent where they were supposed to spend. They had a kick-ass cocktail hour, which I think is a really, really good tip that I think is overlooked a lot. The cocktail hour was about an hour and 15 minutes. It was wall-to-wall food, butlered hors d'oeuvres the whole time. And what this did was it got people fed so that they're, they weren't hungry. They were ready to dive into the formality. They were well-fed, well-drank at that point. Uh, and the longer cocktail hour allowed us to bring the kids in a little bit earlier, but still have an hour uh, an hour plus for the adults. We're normally so this, we're this was a five-hour party, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So a, a lot of times lately we've been preaching you know, the need for a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour party. We say five works if you have the right crowd. But five works, especially when you do an hour and 15-minute cocktail hour. Yeah, so so the hour and 15 minute cocktail hour was really good because we brought the kids in after the hour and the adults got an extra 15 minutes where the kids weren't, you know, in line for things. I'm sure they loved that time. They loved it. Um, now, also, this venue, I haven't been there in a while, but the kids and the adults share the same space for cocktail hour, right? Yep, and everyone was blown away by just, I mean, Southgate Manor did a really, really good job of keeping it fun and festive and fast. Uh, for their cocktail hour. It was really impressive. So hit, hit um, that for just a quick second, because there's this like preconceived idea that kids and adults should be separated for cocktail hour. And in this case, there was no need for it. And you had a, a party that was a 10 while the kids were in the same room with the adults. And, and I want to note, you know, Southgate is not known to be a mitzvah venue. And uh, in fact, I, I know a few people who have looked there lately and they say, yeah, we do two or three of these things a year but they still nailed it because they're just professional. They know yeah. what they're doing. I just think that professionalism just transcends experience in a lot of ways. Um, you, really, you don't have one without the other, but like when you find professional people and just real good pros, it's going to be, it's going to be a slam dunk. Dylan, um, who, gui who guided the timeline? Was it we us did. as the entertainment? Yeah. We did. Yep. Yep. We, we gave the nooks and crannies about how we needed to operate and then the kitchen filled in the blanks. They said, hey, we need 15 minutes up front to confirm orders. So we built our run of show around a 15 minute, you know, period of time where the adults had to be in their seats, which was not a, it wasn't a big deal. We got group photos out of the way during that time. We uh, prepped candle lighting, got blessings done. So like it worked out nicely where there wasn't really downtime in that capacity. Yeah. Um, and that was really good. Awesome. So your role, you were the DJ, Mike P was the MC, and you had three or four dancers with you, right? Four dancers at a photo station. Four dancers. So, you know, I, I want to talk about music, which we always take for granted. We recently had a bridal show, and um, 
and uh, actually I recently lost a, a wedding client, I should say, because I didn't talk about music enough. So maybe we should talk about music a little bit more importantly. You know, we, we take for granted that we think that we know what we're doing with music. We were very experienced. We do it all the time. Um, and it comes second nature to us, but the music was clearly right here. Um, you know, you, you certainly had played the right music to have the energy on the dance floor nonstop that you got. I mean, what, what created the music playlist and what was the vibe like? Uh, well, first of all, they didn't overdo their request list, which was really helpful. Um, you know, sometimes we have no wiggle room because uh, you do like 75 must play songs. We don't have that kind of time. Um, additionally, I mixed everything. It wasn't like there was any presets or like I didn't leave songs on for too long. So there was a constant energy flow about it. Um but what I, what I did this time more than I've done recently is I've used I used a lot of acapellas to allow me to play songs over other songs that would help both kids and adults. For example, I would use um, the that the song that went viral on TikTok from the show Wednesday. Uh, I used that vocal, but I put it over Chic Good Time because. That was something that the adults were vibing to, but the kids recognized the song lyrics and that melded together to allow that cohesiveness on the dance floor for at least that, you know, minute and a half while I was mixing it. So that was, it was stuff like that that made that party really great because I knew that I had to pull for TikTok for these kids and I knew that I had a 70s and 80s crowd for the adults. So combining that was was something that was a bit of a challenge, but um, I think it was done tastefully and and well. Very cool. Very cool. And was there um, the party was mostly girls? Was it mostly boys? Was it like it was, it was a pretty nice split? It was a, a yeah. pretty pretty healthy split. Um, you know, it's so funny. Like I, you you would ask me how the party was. I only saw about ten people the whole time because the stages <laughs> were in front of me and I couldn't see past the kids and on the stage. Right. So I have no idea really how big it was, but I know that every time a dancer came back to get more props or to get a drink of water or to give me suggestions of what's going on on the dance floor, they were all smiles, all ecstatic. They loved it. Yeah. Um, and that, so, that's special. I don't know if I told you this, but when I followed up with dad after the party, um, he said, Mike, I'm not a dancer. I never dance. You can pay me to dance. He goes, I didn't stop dancing at the party. He's so, and, and, and your mom I, and dad I, weren't big, they weren't big drinkers. Like they okay. were, they were like, they were pretty just like put together. I'm gonna host this party. Uh, I'm 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 fun. I'm not I'm not like a dud, but I'm I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, that's not my bag. So and I I know I know Mike P's style as an MC. He's not pushy, but just you know naturally he gives off this aura that makes people enjoy themselves. They they you know follow with his direction. It's a quiet comfortability is what I believe Mike P does the best. He lets people vibe in their own space without feeling like they need to perform. And I think that's a really, really tasteful thing that otherwise doesn't happen when you don't have an experience MC. Yeah. And so, you know what? Like, let, let's hit this for a second. You don't actually have to be a dancer to be out there having fun. Don't be intimidated by the word dance floor. You could just be shaking, swaying, you know, throwing your hands in the air, clapping. Like all of that constitutes for you as a host giving off energy that the crowd feeds off of. So don't feel that you have to be doing, you know, uh, pirouettes and back handsprings to be a great dancer as, as a host. Yeah. So we've, we've told this tip before, but this also helped make this party a 10 the guest of honor, the siblings, the immediate family and cousins, the 
core group of friends, the the parents. When it was time to eat, they ate. When it was time to dance, they danced. When it was time to sing, they sang. When it was time to pay attention, they paid attention. And everyone got it. Um, I don't know if it was pure just luck or happenstance or if there was something going on. I know that our team spread out a lot to allow for you know direction to be pushed in one in one specific like focal point, but the immediate most important people were on it the whole time. And that made a difference too. It allowed for really easy ebbs and flows. It allowed for when it was time for the adults to eat and we told them, you know, please kindly take your seats. So the, the Southgate Manor team can bring out your food hot. They did. Mm -hmm. They did. Uh, And when it was time for kids to be quiet during presentations, which there was like, God, 30 of them they were quiet and they were into Uh it and they were there. So I guess for me, it was really nice to have just folks that listened to the, the, the VOG, the voice of God that we bring to life on the narration side. So let's circle back to the title of this podcast. You know, what makes a party a 10? So recapping so far, the cocktail hour was incredible. The timeline was directed by the entertainment um, who had the mo- more experience with bar and bat mitzvahs in this case, the hosts were on the dance floor, you know, vibing the music. Well, let, was let's, right. let's frame it the right way. The hosts were comfortable in yeah. doing whatever it is that made that party. They dance when they danced, they ate when they ate, they drank when they drank, they took photos when it was time to like, they were just available present, not worried about the little things they knew they had the right people taking care of those things for them. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So what, what other, I mean, you, you, you described the party setup as, I think you used the word modest. And I would say, I would say middle of the road. It wasn't over the top, you know, in your face, you know, giant. Yeah, stuff. Look, it was, it, it was, was what we do. It's it. In fact, maybe we got to caution ourselves because we say it's modest, but, for somebody outside of the industry, they would look in and say, wow, that was spectacular. And and it's, it's our norm is, is probably what it was. It was our norm. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't um, skimping or low end. And it certainly wasn't the most, uh, you know, large obnoxious setup either. Yeah, it was, it was uh, 12 feet of led stages. It was two moving heads, two intelligent moving heads and a photo booth with a step and repeat banner. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. I mean, that's, that's very, very average. Like I would say we can pull 10 of the next 12 mitzvahs and it would have those things on it. Right. Right. Okay. Um, let's talk about our crew for a second. How impactful do you think the dancers were? I mean, sometimes now it's, it's, it's mitzvah showcase season, you know, plug for our Super Bowl showcase coming up, uh, February 12th, but you know, people often come to these showcases. They have no experience in the bar and bottom world. And we hear, oh, my kid's a great dancer. We don't need dancers. Yeah, it's not so much that it's just a dancer thing. It's a crowd control thing. So having four people uh, along with Mike P, Mike P basically had a, a right hand in Bridget, who was the team lead on that on that side. And Bridget was then giving direction for the dancers. Uh, so she would, you know, let... Andrew, no, hey, I want you to go give out these type of prizes. The rest of you guys on the stages doing lead follow stuff. Uh, Or it was time to change up the dynamic. And 
they would all find little pockets of friends. So I saw Andrew working with just the camp friends and Bridget was dancing with mom and dad and grandma while uh, Sam and Chris were doing more of like a big group thing. So having eyes, ears, is, eyes, ears and mouth uh, in all the different areas is really helpful in crowd control. Um, you know, when it was, like I talked about earlier, like everyone just kind of listened. Uh, it was because when Mike P said, and at this time we'd like everyone to take their seats and direct their attention for our candle lighting, you had the dancers had escorting guests back to their seats, helping them find them and then saying, all right, we're going to start our, you know, candle lighting, please look this way. And then when it was time to be quiet, you had them there, you know, shushing the right parties. So it's more than just dancing. They're there as a vocal presence to help the engagement. They're like the, the extension of the hands of the MC. And, and in this case, I wouldn't have done it with less dancers because of how large the space was. Right. Right. Very interesting. It was well planned. It was like it was beautiful because uh, it was like watching a, a play almost, like a, a choreographed play where everyone had a job and they knew exactly how to do it as it was coming together. It was without those moving hands, you you don't have that success. You don't have yeah, that. Was candle lighting traditional, like 13, yeah. 14 candles? Okay. Yep. Uh, and, and I know the montage was not a stop the party, watch the montage. Rather, it was a loop in the background. Um, so I, I think it's awesome, you know, that we're, we're talking about how amazing the party was and it was a 10 and the party was a five hour window, but it was the right, all the elements fell in place. The puzzle pieces were right. Um, it also, we often caution people, you know, if you're not doing a montage or not doing candle lighting, you know, consider the length of the time. You know, another thing to consider about when, like, four dancers sounds like a lot, but what you don't realize is that it's an aerobic exercise doing these things. And these dancers, they're, they're going to need, you know, five minutes to wipe the sweat, take a drink, go to the bathroom. So it was easy for us to file out one at a time for these little breaks. And you still had an impactful three-person crew on the floor for the majority of the time. So we never had a missing piece for long. Whereas when you have one dancer or two dancers, these breaks are going to have to happen just like in any other job. These breaks are going to have to happen and you end up losing that. And we're tactful about when it happens, but it was almost like a, a NASCAR race where uh, there, we were able to use the pit stops and they just kept going because we had the right team in place. Right. Good, good analogy. Um, Dylan, why don't you just hit the end of the party for a second here? I, I, I know Southgate is generally known for having like a super impressive dessert. Um, I, I wasn't there. Was that the case? And then were you able to restart the party or like, was there no dessert? Like describe how the last hour or you so. You know, it's went. so funny. One of the, one of the lines that comes to mind was Mike P came up to me and said, dessert's happening right now. I said, Oh cool. All right. And I didn't do anything different. And he came up about five minutes later and everyone's still dancing. He's like, you're going to kill them. Let them go get dessert. <laughs> so we ended up changing the, the pace a little bit. Um, I played a couple of the, the it was a dance. Uh, it was a, there was a crew of dance girls and they had come up to me like early in the party. Can you play this song or this song? It was a recital song or whatever. So that was when I played that. And it ended up being like a dessert in a show because the dance girls did that, did the little dances. And this wasn't a part of anything. Like it was, it was impromptu. They just told me they wanted to do it. And I said, okay. So that was the time we plugged it in. We let everyone kind of disperse, 
but having that like something that brought them back together like those the dance crew performances was really really helpful about igniting the party again um was dessert served in the room or did they have to go back to cocktail hour for it no actually this was <laughs> i've been at southgate with that big display i wish they had it no they didn't it was okay. it was you know it was create your own milkshakes uh, a waffle and ice cream station uh, international coffee they did all of the like um deep fried things like the fried oreos fried twix fried snickers donuts uh and then like cake fruit and a chocolate fountain or something like that it was, so it was I, I i could tell you got out from behind the dj booth and indulged a little bit because you know this so well i i uh, i walked around a little bit i, <laughs> I want to i needed to check on everything you know a good a good a, a good project manager just has their eyes and ears to everything there you go so um that's that's great for the new year diet and, and dylan then how did the party restart because you probably had another hour or 45 minutes left you know we, to keep the, the momentum we use the father-daughter dance in the back end okay i know it's not traditional uh but i really liked it here we had everyone you know with their dessert watching the father-daughter dance and primed it from there it gave them one more little pull at the heartstrings to allow people to realize that we're still partying here so often we would have done that after a montage there was no montage in this case and i'm guessing that from dinner you just got right into dancing and you know yeah it was or it was organic it was just, uh, it was easy for us to just like kind of use the right songs to get people back up and moving yeah so Saving the father-daughter dance for that moment is spectacular. I, it, did you invite people to join in like halfway through? And, and they exactly. actually did a choreograph thing, right? Yeah, they did a choreograph thing that then Mike P was able to bring people alive with. Love that. Super cool. Yeah. Any any other tips um, on how to make a party of 10? I mean, it, this one was clearly a, a 10 out of 10. You know. Um, would you I do think, anything different? I One of my favorite parts about this i'm going to answer the first question what what else made it a 10 out of 10 um i loved that mom and dad came up and introduced themselves to everyone on our team because they were there early enough they came up and because like look i knew them from you know just being around the office and actually justin knew them as well who was our photo booth tech from other events but outside of that Mike P talked to him on the phone one time. They came over and introduced themselves. Hi, I'm such and such. I'm dad. Hi, I'm such and such. I'm mom. This is our little sister. This is, you know, the bat mitzvah girl. And they spent some time with us ahead of time. That was really nice. Yeah. Where you can very easily get caught up in the, in the shuffle. It was really nice to see them be a part of that. Um, so I think that was helpful because it drew a personal connection. We get bar and bat mitzvah every single weekend. So... It could, it could be easy for someone who does it every single week to get lost in the shuffle. Like, I'm already thinking about next week's events or I'm thinking about tonight's event. Um, it brought me into the moment and that was really special for me. Super I like cool. that. Well, again, when, when I recapped with dad on the Monday or Tuesday after the party, he named everybody, first name basis, and said, you know, this person did this and this person was great. And I love that X, Y, and Z happened, naming everybody. And, you know, that doesn't happen so often usually they'll remember the dj or maybe one or two crew members you know we get a lot of online reviews that say the dancers were great but like they the realness of naming individuals and and, and in fact you know in our conversation he was able to flash back and say i remember meeting 
Justin while he worked with Jordan at such and such event. Like, it's really cool. Yeah. It was a 10, man. It really was a great cool. way to start with my first mitzvah of the year. Now let's keep them going that way. So, uh, yeah, we got our Super Bowl showcase coming up less than a month from now, dude. I'm so excited. We're going to unveil some really cool stuff. Yeah, I, I think that um, our next podcast, our next few podcasts, we should start talking about showcases, what to look at a showcase, how to act at a showcase, um, what to expect, what, why you should go there, etc. Let's do it in a week or two from now. Sounds good. Awesome. Uh, I got nothing else. I say we sign this one off unless you got any last minute tips. Nope. All right, let's keep it real. And this is episode 115, making a party of 10, reliving last weekend's events in Dylan's life. Thanks for (laughs) tuning in, all. See you.